Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today's October 2nd, 2013. It's said that in order to be healthy and happy, we must have two very important things. We need to be physically and mentally well. Our special guest today is Rakesh Sethi, who graduated from UC Berkeley with a Bachelor of Science degree in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science. He's a speaker and the author of the book called Health Plus Happiness Equals Wellness. He's also a practitioner of an ancient scientific wellness system, and this is what we'll be learning about today. And now I'd like to introduce to all our listeners, Rakesh. Hello, Rakesh. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Denise, for having me on your show. And uh, hello, all the listeners uh, out there. Uh, It's a privilege uh, to be on the show and participate in this uh, very valuable discussion. Wonderful. So I always like to start my show out with having our guests tell our listeners how you got on the path that you're on today? Well, just like anybody, I believe, who is in the, especially in the health and that too in the alternative uh, uh, medicine, it, it's probably a passion for everybody. And if it is not for everybody, it certainly was for me. Um, I was, uh, from the very beginning, drawn to living naturally well And as I approached um, uh, through my years, actually I also finished pre-med in my uh, UC Berkeley days. And so I was already very interested in the medical sciences. So as Mm -hmm. I approached on the natural path, Denise, it was quite apparent to me that there is uh, something missing uh, in the medical system. Uh, we, We approach wellness in a very robotic way. We treat our body systems in a very robotic way. Uh, I always felt that there is another component to it. And as you had described, um, to be really well, uh, you need to be both uh, physically and mentally healthy. And uh, and that's what I, my, my own uh, personal uh, journey took me on this path and uh, and that's what inspired me to participate in uh, this ancient medical science, which is really a mind-body medicine, and uh, bring this knowledge in a very scientific and in a very pragmatic way, I guess being an engineer, um, I wanted to um, bring this uh, this knowledge into present times for our modern living, uh, though the knowledge is ancient, but it applies beautifully. So there wasn't any um, illness that you were suffering from. It was just a consciousness that put you on this road. Absolutely right. I um, was um, was always um, very conscious of my health from the very beginning, and um, uh, frankly, I, I was put, you chose the word the so appropriately, consciousness. It, it was the consciousness that really awakened me that there is something more to life. And uh, I was sort of drawn to that. And I 
sort of discovered my own spirituality along the way as I was moving forward. Uh, but uh, spirituality means nothing if you don't have physical health. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so if you if your basics are not covered, it's difficult to think about uh, uh, spiritual things. So, so people, um, I often uh, say that we are all on some sort of our own individual uh, spiritual path, whether we know it or not. And I'm sure people know about this saying that we are spiritual beings living in physical bodies. And that's the key thing. We're living in physical bodies and we really need to respect and honor that. And uh, and once we figure out how to live in balance in our physical self, in our mental self, only then we are liberated enough to rise above those levels to move to our spirituality. So so I you could probably say that I took a top down approach. I became very interested through the subject of consciousness into spirituality and then the spirituality into our physical being. Hmm. So why don't you tell um the listeners what this ancient scientific wellness system that you're involved with is? But this particular system is about 5,000 years old, Denise. It's called Ayurveda. It is basically a science of life. It's a Sanskrit word, so it's probably not uh, rolling off the tongues of people in the Western uh, culture. Uh, so uh, the best way to remember this is Ayur means life, and Veda part of the word means science. So if you break the word down in a Sanskrit, it means science of life. And it literally oh. is a science yeah, it literally is a science of life because it covers not just the physical component, it covers physical, mental as well as spiritual component. So it really combines all three components, puts them all in such a way, in such a balance, so they all work towards producing ultimate wellness in your life. Hmm. What would you say makes all of us unique? Well, this is the most unique part of Ayurvedic medical science. It looks at each individual as if they are a unique person. So in Ayurvedic medical science, one size does not fit all. The health recommendations are based on your uniqueness. And what makes you unique is the energies that are pulsating in you. These are natural energies that exist in all of us. In fact, in all living things, they exist. And they exist in you and me in different proportions. So when they are in each person in a very unique proportion, and that's what creates a very unique balance for that person. And once we figure out what are those unique energies in you, in what proportions, based on that, we make health recommendations. And those health recommendations are basically all natural foods, herbs and spices that are more favorable and suitable uh, for you. So in this particular Mm -hmm. medical system, we don't uh, just focus on what is healthy. We focus on what is healthy plus what is more suitable for your unique mind-body constitution. Because the foods that you eat... Yes, please Mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, yeah, I I had a question. Um, How does it differ from Chinese medicine? Actually, Chinese medicine uh, follows a somewhat similar path, and uh, especially the uh, the Ayurvedic practitioners, uh, when they they discovered like 5,000 years ago that there are unique um, uh, body constitutions and so forth, the Chinese medical system was also looking at the, um, at the presence of uh, yin, yang, and qi, the life force, and uh, and these three things are present 
in different proportions in different people. So yes, there is a, a, a somewhat similarity in the concept, although in Ayurveda, uh, the, uh, the, the three different types uh, they are called, uh, and I promise these would be the only Sanskrit words I would use, they're called <laughs> Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. And these three different body types, uh, they actually go not just in uh, describing your physical character- characteristics, but they also um, have impact on your physiological bodily functions and your psychological uh, functions, like how you behave, how your uh, mind behaves, uh, what sort of personality you are. So they they are a little bit more in depth than just uh, yin yang and qi um, in the Chinese side, uh, but mm-hmm. there are, there is a similarity there. Interesting. Well, I wanted to um, have you give us some background before we get into our subject today, which is um, is obesity really a disease? So let's get started on that. Um, okay. Is being heavy set and large, does that mean being obese? Um, not really, according to um, Ayurvedic medical system. So, so listeners who are out there listening, and you have always have a tendency to be large. Your joints are large. Uh, your body mass is uh, generously proportioned around the joints, and uh, you tend to gain weight in pounds, but when you go to lose it, you lose in ounces. This is a typical characteristic of a body constitution where kapha energy dominates in the body. And if if you're born with such constitution, you cannot help it. Because that's just the way it is. And what kapha energy does is basically, kapha is consisting of earth and water elements, which are the heavier elements of all the five elements present in the nature. Mm -hmm. Five elements are, for users listening, it's uh, earth, water, fire, air, and space. As you can see, air and fire have no weight. Um, space obviously certainly has no weight. So it's the water and earth elements that have more weight and it is the earth and water elements that dominate the kapha constitution. So if a person has a dominant constitution, which is kapha, this person is going to be large person just by design. And this person probably out of all the other people um, loves sweets and sweets are also earth and water elements because the sugar is made of earth and water elements. So the person who has affinity for earth and water elements, if they were to eat just a very little amount of sweets, they will tend to retain all of the earth and water elements out of those sweets as opposed to if it was a vata person who tends to be of thin constitution, if they were to eat sweets, their body constitution doesn't have the affinity and the intelligence to retain earth and water elements. So they let go of the earth and water elements from the sweets that they consume and they tend not to put on weight. So that is a difference between, you know, once you figure out what is your body constitution, you start to realize, well, you know, yeah, by quote unquote a standard way of measuring, if you're five foot ten inches, you need to weigh so much and so, and I weigh much more than that, so that means I fall into obese category. Nonsense. You, you know, you are you're not obese if you have a kapha constitution. Um, you tend to be larger. You will go outside of that uh, typical formula. Because you are not typical, and and that is the thing to remember. And in fact, people who do put on weight—I'm not saying that uh, that it is not a disease. There can be a kapha 
aggravation. And that's where the word balance comes in, Denise. If you take a look at a person's constitution and you see kapha in that person is, let's say, not a dominant energy, but a subdominant or very present in a very little proportion. Mm-hmm. However, this person has somehow managed to put on so much weight that the kapha has been aggravated and it is off the charts, it's done off balance. And when that energy goes off balance, you tend to put on weight, you move towards having high cholesterol, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, all kapha-related diseases. So the idea really is, is, is to know your mind-body constitution. And when you know your mind-body constitution, then you realize, well, what is my balance? Your balance may be, as a large person, as a heavier person, to be a big person. But if your body constitution is vata or pitta, and then you became very large, then you're out of balance, so then the obesity is a disease for you. Mm. Does that make sense? I guess what I'm wondering is, can you move in and out of these these different um, dominant energy cycles? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But let, let's, uh, for simplicity, uh, let's take an example of a person. A person. Okay. Let's say since we're since we're talking about obese uh, uh, subject, let's suppose a person is 50% kapha and about 30% vata and 20% pitta. These are the three energies that are pulsating in us, in every one of us. So what makes this person unique? Yes. So what makes this person unique? He has 50% kapha, 30% vata, and 20% pitta. Somebody else might have different proportion, but this person Mm -hmm. has this Now, if this person was to somehow increase the kapha energy present in him to 70%, and he was not only large to begin with, but now he has become obese. So for him, at this juncture, obesity is a disease. Hmm. Now, if, if we take another constitution where a person is, let's say, 50% pitta and 30% kapha and 20% vata. Now, pitta people tend to be uh, just about in the middle. They are neither thin people and they are neither very large people. They are sort of like moderately in between. Now, if this person wants to increase its kapha from 30% to, let's say, 50%, then obesity for him becomes a disease. Do you see what I'm saying now? Mm-hmm. Are you um, born one way or the other? Absolutely. You're born with your constitution, and this is your original constitution. And that is a precisely, as an Ayurvedic practitioner, uh, the first task is to analyze and sort of bring out what is the person in front of me is. I mean, what is this person's mm-hmm. constitution? And once we figure out what is this person's original constitution, we use that as a reference point. And then we see how far off balance you have gone from your original constitution. If you stay in your original constitution, that is your balance. You live in balance. But if you have moved out of your constitution, your original balance, then you're imbalanced, which is a disease. Really interesting. Yes, and, and Denise, actually, at this point, when I'm giving some keynote talks, um, I often get asked, uh, "Well, if uh, people have different constitutions, and when they go out of balance, um, do they develop different diseases, or do they develop the same diseases?" Well, the thing is, if the kapha is out of balance, it doesn't matter 
if it is out of balance in you or me, it will tend to bring kapha-related diseases. And if pitta is out of balance, then it will tend to bring pitta-related diseases regardless of my constitution. So the point really is, is to determine what is your constitution and then what is your tendency to go out of balance. So in other words, you might have a pitta constitution, a dominant one, and your mm-hmm. tendency to go out of balance is per- perhaps more pitta-related, let's say. If that's mm-hmm. what it is, then you will have to focus more on the diet and the lifestyle that doesn't throw pitta off balance. So if you keep your pitta balance, you will keep all the inflammatory diseases in check because that's the disease tendency when pitta goes out of balance. All inflammatory diseases are sort of like joint inflammation, skin inflammation, uh, ulceritis. Uh, all the itises are the inflammatory diseases, and they're all because the pitta energy in a person has gone off balance. And that's how you actually in the Ayurvedic medical system treat a person once you realize what is off balance. And then you start to use food as first medicine. So what would a really healthy person who's physically and mentally in balance, what would they what would their constitution be? Their constitution be what they were born with and they are living with the same proportions in in their uh, existence at this point in this time in their life. So in other words, if you were born with, let's say, your proportion was uh, 20, 30, 50 of uh, Vata, Pitta, Kapha, and today you're also 20, 30, 50, you would be healthy, both physically and mentally. Oh. So I, I want to make... Yeah, I want to make very clear, Denise, that people don't think that the balance is to balance these three energies in 33%, 33%, 33%. That's not our goal. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a little, uh, that's a bit too scientific, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Our our goal is really to, to maintain your original balance and that's what makes you unique and that's why mm-hmm. some of the things that are that will be more unique to you uh in 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 uh, in a way of uh, you know what you consume food drinks and the foods and drinks are not the only food for you thoughts and emotions as well are food for you which uh, impact your mental balance so mm-hmm. you you also learn to deal with uh, based on your constitution Again, you have some mental tendencies. Um, Let me give you an example. Um, Vata people, the people, I should say, who have high Vata energy, those people tend to have very active mind. Their mind is hyperactive. These are the people who will be doing... uh, Ten different things at the same time, perhaps in their mind. They are very good multitaskers. Uh, these people are very creative people. Uh, that's just their mind. Uh, these people are the one. I mean, if I had a company uh, and and I wanted to choose a designer who is very creative, I would hire a person who is very high in their water constitution because I know he's going to be very creative just by Mm-hmm. you know inherent personality and uh so so what happens is that because they're they're very hyperactive their brain is very hyperactive and when they're living in balance they are just a very fine multitasking uh uh you know person but mm-hmm. because they are just on that border there if the vata energy goes out of balance and it increases from where it was supposed to be, then the hyperactive uh, brain turns into anxiety. And uh, the anxiety is there. Why? Because 
they want to manage 10 different things at the same time. And for some reason, they are not being able to now manage it. And the results are not coming the way they wanted. So the anxiety level mm-hmm. increases. So anxiety is is one of the mental things that is very much present in the Vata person. So when I see a Vata person in my practice, um, I have to be very careful that uh, whatever they're doing, they're not making uh, themselves, um, you know, imbalanced. Because once the once you go into this anxiety, uh, anxious way of living, you tend to make uh, either no decisions, or if you make decisions, you make wrong decisions. Mm. And uh, how and, often and do that people leads... have to be balanced? Sorry, beg your pardon. Uh, how often do people come into your practice to get balanced? Oh, my goal is uh, really, Denise, to uh, teach people how to live healthy. Uh, they can, if they are already healthy, they let's say they want to discover themselves, like who they are, uh, what sort of things are more suitable and right for them. How to deal in their, um, you know, mental situations in certain mm-hmm. ways so that they keep their mental balance. I coach them, and once they learn this knowledge, um, ideally they don't they don't ever have to see me again because oh, they are they become their own coach. You know, they they know what to do. It is like participating in your wellness every day. So if you, mm-hmm. if let's say you ate something wrong, which was not suitable for you, you went to a party, um, uh, things were just, you know, so great there, and, and you were just having a, you know, joyful time. And, and I always recommend, of course, you, you know, go have fun. Uh, but the next day, just keep in mind, if you had either too much to drink or you ate too much or you ate wrong foods, you know, next day, correct yourself. You know, bring yourself back to balance because you know what you did was not correct for you. So now you bring yourself back to balance. It's a continuous process. And that Mm -hmm. is actually a very big, you know, that is actually a very big difference uh, in how we think about our health. It's sort of like a belief system. I make people believe that your health is a continuous process. It is not a state you arrive at and then forget about it. It is a continuous process. Every day something will come and will throw you off your balance. Now, if you're aware what your balance is and how this is going to impact you, you do the opposite to balance yourself. Mm -hmm. The other thought is, in our conventional system, how we are sort of made to believe is, once we are healthy, we are healthy, and then one day we become unhealthy. And then that's the day, you know, we go see our doctor, and then we find, um, you know, what's wrong with us, and, and then we take something for it, and then we get ourselves back into health. And once we are healthy again, we make no changes in our life, nothing, not in our diet or anything. Now that we have become healthy, we are in that state of health again, and we live you know, without any uh, awareness about it. So when you live that way, you know, you will live either unhealthy or healthy, but that is not how our body is. Our body is constantly going through this process of balance to imbalance and back to balance and so forth. And if we are aware of it, if you learn this knowledge, you can practice it, every day in your life, and you can prevent diseases. That is the beautiful thing about this medicine. So let's um, segue into your, your, your new book, Health Plus Happiness Equals Wellness. How is this different from all the other health and wellness books out in the market today? Uh, with one word I would say, or, or one phrase I would say, that this book is actually comes out and says one size does not fit all. So mm. you find out so you find out who you are. 
And that's mm-hmm. what this book will help you discover. You discover who you are, and then based on that, you can draw recommendations out of this book in terms of uh, what is uh, right for you in terms of uh, foods. Let's take an example of uh, what do I mean by foods. Well, foods can be divided into uh, grains, uh, into uh, vegetarian, non-vegetarian, vegetarian meaning uh, not just vegetables, but also legumes, beans, and all these other things. And then, of course, uh, Ayurveda, incidentally, doesn't recommend you have to be vegetarian. Uh, so there are non-vegetarian uh, foods as well. And then there are spices, then there are herbs, there are oils, there are nuts, there are dairy products. So from all of these uh, fruits, so from all of these groups, there are some foods that are more suitable for you than the other foods. So that's what this book really focuses on, that you end up discovering. uh, You're always, let's say, trying to eat healthy, but out of all healthy foods, some foods are even, uh, you know, more healthier in a way because they're more suitable to your constitution. And what do I mean by that? Just as I mentioned that you have energies in you, if you Mm -hmm. eat foods, foods have energies as well. So how these energies interact with your energies determine how your balance is going to change. And is that so based on how you feel after you eat something? Oh, absolutely. That that, that has a lot to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for example, um, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbages, uh, they tend to be uh, more airy in their elements so that there is a lot more air present in them and that's why when you eat those and especially if you were to eat those raw uh, you will tend to have more gas uh, mm-hmm. because of the air component in it so exactly what you said you know it, it you know you're constantly uh, sort of uh, after eating you're sort of saying well do i feel heavy now or do i feel light and energetic. I mean, what did this food do to me? So so you're sort of realizing how the food is, or the energies in the food are interacting with your energies. Mm-hmm. So is that how you define food is your medicine? That's correct. Absolutely. Food mm-hmm. is your first medicine. Because you're taking mm-hmm. it every day, three times a day, and uh, and you are... Uh, you know, putting in these energies in you and these energies are playing with your energies and if Mm -hmm. they are keeping your energies in balance, then you're living in health. So that's the first part of the book uh, where you figure that part out. The second part of the book gets into the uh, uh, mental constitution. Helps you realize uh, what is your mental constitution and then within the mental constitution, uh, there is a, uh, a path where uh, when you're in balance, you behave in a certain way, and then your behavior exhibits certain characteristics. And, uh, and you realize uh, when uh, you're behaving in a certain way, which is, uh, uh, let's take an example. Let's, let's take pitta person or, or, or a person with a high pitta energy. Pitta okay. energy has very high fire. And fire energy in pitta person makes them, makes them have a very little threshold for patience so they become angry rather quickly. So their mm. anger threshold is, is, is rather quickly. So if you know Denise, that you have a pitta constitution and your mental tendency is to become angry rather quickly, you can then do certain things in your mind before you enter into certain situations that you will be able to put reins on your anger so that it doesn't produce 
negative impact results, you know, in your relationships, whether it is personal relationship or whether it is a business relationship. Mm-hmm. So, so this part, so this part becomes very, very important as well in, in uh, you know, in a uh, in a wellness equation. Because if mentally you do certain things and you have tendencies to do certain things that produce unwanted results, that leads you again imbalance, and a mental imbalance can. Then again, help you. Uh, sorry, again, again, uh, take you in a direction where you can make wrong choices. It could be wrong choices in foods as well, because mentally mm-hmm. you're not thinking clearly. So, so that so that's the second section uh, is, is the mental section, and uh, then the, the third section uh, in the book uh, talks about uh, your spiritual constitution. And spirituality is uh, is very very important as we grow older, especially uh, to become um, a foundation for our wellness, if you will. If a person has a very strong spiritual self, and uh, and I must say, just because you grow older, your spiritual self is not getting stronger by itself. It's an effort that you'll have to make uh, to grow your spiritual personality. And uh, if your spiritual self is strong, you will be able to let go of many um, disappointments, many of the wrong things that other people have perhaps done to you. And these Mm -hmm. resentments and other things don't end up staying and weighing on your mental self and then ultimately precipitating into some sort of disease. But it is only a person with a strong Mm -hmm. spiritual personality can metabolize these uh, resentments out of their system. And and that's what I, I try to get into the book where how to develop a strong spiritual personality. It has nothing to do with religion. Uh, I uh, commend people who follow some religion and if the religion is helping them make them have a strong spiritual personality, wonderful. If Mm -hmm. your religion is not helping you do that, maybe you want to look in another way how you can do that. And if you're not following any religion, but you're practicing certain things in your life, religiously in a certain way, that is growing your spiritual self, perfect. Follow that path. How do you define spiritual self? If it's not through religion, then what is it? Ah, it's um, it's a rather uh, deep question uh, in the in the format that we are on, but I am going to uh, uh, try to put my arms around it. And in fact, in my book, uh, before <laughs> before I get into this, uh, I try to explain. Well, what is this spirituality? Um, mm-hmm. Well, w- we know about. Uh, Let's take a look at our equipment. And in fact, in the very first chapter, in the, in the composition of uh, of man, I, I talk about uh, uh, our physical self, uh, which is uh, you know made of uh, sense organs that are very much engaged with the physical world outside, and these sense organs are connected. Uh, with our mental self or with our mind in in our inside. And then we have intellect, which guides our mental self to do certain things. So that's why when we do certain things emotionally, uh, we may or may not get it right. But when we have an intellect as a guide behind the emotions, 
and use those emotions intellectually, more often than not, we achieve what we want to achieve uh, without uh, creating, um, uh, you know, more conflicts or troubles. And that mm-hmm. intellect, uh, we associate with our, you know, quote-unquote brain. So in our equipment, right. in our body, in our body, now we have sort of defined, we have a mind, we have an intellect, and then we have a physical self. Now here's where it gets interesting. Intellect can be further divided into a gross intellect. Gross intellect is pretty much involved in the gross material things of our existence. And then there is a subtle intellect. Subtle intellect in each one of us, like I had mentioned, we all have it, doesn't mean as we grow older, the subtle intellect is also growing with us. Mm-hmm. It is something that we have to work on it. And, and this subtle intellect has the ability to measure subtle things in life which are not gross. These subtle things in life, it could be like, for example, you know, how is it that I exist in this way that somebody else exists in a different way and then then we have, uh, you know, people who are white and then we have people who are black and then we have people who exist in, in these situations and some, you know, you know, it, it, I mean, your mind will go nuts because you go, wait a minute, we, we have, you know, enough food to eat here if you go to certain nations where... Uh, a mother is holding a child and, and she doesn't have enough food to feed uh, her child. I mean, why does existence exist in this way? So these are like sort of the questions that you start to ask and this is mm-hmm. the subtle side of you that start to grow and you sort of get into that sort of stream. And And that subtle intellect in you is what I call your spiritual self. And your spiritual okay. self Okay, your spiritual self stays dwarf if you don't develop it. It will be there. No one can take it away from you. Now, if you get involved in some, you know, ritualistic things uh, of uh, some, uh, I mean, there are many religions out there that are sort of very robotic in nature that you do this, you do this, you do this. And uh, they certainly keep you in some sort of a discipline and check. But I don't mm-hmm. think that such a way will grow your subtle intellect. It will certainly keep you in some sort of a discipline and perhaps maybe keep you out of trouble. But you will still remain spiritually dwarf. You will not grow. And that growth, uh, you have to sort of go in yourself and you have to... Um, just take the bull by the horns. No one else can do it for you. Um, you have a story of a prince and how um, he discovers his spiritual self. Is that along the same lines oh. of what you've been talking about? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's a beautiful story. Um, and uh, this is the story where uh, a prince um, uh, goes to a... a, a call it a saint uh, who, you know, who are very uh, deeply uh, spiritual people uh, and uh, he goes and he says, I wishes to see God and uh, and the saint says, oh, well, and that's wonderful. You want to visit uh, or see uh, God, uh, but who shall I say uh, that is calling um, and uh, he says, well, I am a, a prince of such and such place. And uh, he says, well, that is uh, that is your status. That is not you. And uh, he says, okay. He thinks about it for a little bit, and he says, well, I am an administrator. I administer uh, wellness and, and well-being to all the people and so forth. So the saints say, well, that is your role, that is your job, uh, that is not you. So he thinks about for a little bit more, and uh, he says, well, 
I am a human being. And Prince thought at this point he had nailed it, you know. So the, the, the saint says, well, that is your species. That is not you. <laughs> and uh, the, <laughs> the prince at this point says, well, who am I? And he says, the, the saint says, okay, you know, you go think about this for a moment. And um, or a few days, and uh, and then come back to me. So he comes back to him after uh, thinking a few time, uh, a few days, and uh, uh, he says, "Well, I think I've got it." So he says, "Well, <laughs> what is this?" He says, "Well, uh, I, you know, I think I could be a body, but the body changes every few years." So, you know, I'm not sure if I am the body, uh, but then I thought maybe I'm a mind. And uh, and then I realized that the mind is also ever so changing. It's not consistent. So I couldn't be a mind. Today I'm this, tomorrow <laughs> I'm that. Hmm. So I must be the intellect. And uh, then he started to think. He says, well, if I lose my intellect, I say, I have lost my intellect. I don't say I lost myself. So I am even beyond intellect. And that is where we come to this uh, subtle intellect part. So the moment he said that, the saint said, well, that's who you really are. You are Mm -hmm. that subtle part of the existence and that's what God is, the subtle part of the existence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a beautiful story that, that awakens your subtle intellect to start questioning things in a very different way. Hmm. That's a great story. Do you offer uh, personal wellness coaching and wellness workshops? And if so, where are you located and how can our listeners reach you? Uh, I'm located in San Ramon, California. I practice uh, in a beautiful day spa, and I see uh, one-on-one clients uh, in the day spa. And I also do wellness workshops. Uh, Wellness workshops uh, are uh, more so done in the corporate setting where I have uh, given wellness talks and so forth, and and they are interested in having some wellness workshops for their employees. Um, But I also do wellness workshops if I have enough people um, uh, to do privately. But most of the Mm -hmm. people that I see one-on-one, they are not interested in in sitting in a a workshop. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, incidentally, in the day of uh, Internet, uh, people can also um, see me over Skype individually uh, for personal consultation. Oh, Oh, that's good. So what's your number they can reach you at? Um, My Skype ID is Rakesh, which is R-A-K-E-S-H, Sethi, S-E-T-H-I, Seven. That is my Skype ID. And if they want to reach me, uh, my phone number is 925-895-7117. Can you repeat that one more time? Sure. 925-895-7117. Excellent. Well, you've been a wonderful guest. We're running out of time like we always do. I know I've learned a lot from you today, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Um, Your book, now where can your book be purchased? You can go two places to to get my book. One, of course, is my website, which is uh, truewellnessgroup.com. And the other is it's also available on Amazon. And you can find it on Amazon.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. And um, 
I wish all our listeners good health. And please tune in again next week. Same time, same place. Thank you Denise, so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show. It was a privilege. Mm-hmm. It is it is my passion and I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my passion uh, with your listeners and I certainly wish well uh, to all who are listening and if I could be of any help, please look me up. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, listeners. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Listeners, I just wanted to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show It's based upon the opinions of Denise Messenger and her guests. The information is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional, and it's not intended as medical advice. It is, however, intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from our guests and experiences. We encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. The statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Thank you. Bye-bye.